This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is John Jans. I'm sure a few of you have heard of him. He is a an internationally known marketing consultant, especially to small business. And he's a consultant, speaker, acclaimed author. His latest book, among many, such as Duct Tape Marketing, The Referral Engine, and The Commitment Engine, is Duct Tape Selling. He's also the founder of the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. And today we're going to be talking with John about duct tape selling. The subtitle of that is Think Like a Marketer, Sell Like a Superstar. Welcome to the show today, John. Thanks for having me back, Kelly. I think I've, uh, I think this is at least my second or third appearance. Oh, easily. I think it's your second this year. Plus, you did a uh, you did a presentation for us that was just great back in the spring. Now, I want to go back to that subtitle: "Think Like a Marketer, Sell Like a Superstar." You're turning a paradigm on its head with that subtitle because typically, the marketer has owned the message and the salesperson's owned the relationship. And a lot of times, there's been a little bit, bit of friction between the two camps. Now you're saying salespeople have to, to do it all. And tell us about that and why you think that. Well, certainly not do it all. Um, there, there definitely are marketing and sales and service functions inside of organizations. But what I uh, really think has happened is, is buying has changed so dramatically mm-hmm. that that salespeople have to get involved in the customer's journey at a much earlier point than uh, perhaps they traditionally did and stay uh, much later and, and be involved uh, much deeper in the overall experience, I think, if they want to be seen as somebody that's useful. Uh, we have created, there's an entire industry uh, that, that really has uh, cropped up around ways to keep salespeople out of our lives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Spam filters and do not call lists and, and quite frankly, just the fact that we don't answer the phone anymore. Hey, I'm familiar uh, so with it, them all. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it's very difficult for a salesperson in the traditional sense of just uh, going out there and knocking on doors uh, to, to really succeed today. We do so much of our purchase, we make so much of our purchase decision by going online, mm-hmm. finding uh, sources we trust, maybe checking into our social networks. And so that salesperson that wants to survive or thrive today has to be part of the conversation uh, b- before we uh, really make that decision. And, and they don't do it by showing up and saying, buy my stuff. They, mm-hmm. they do it by, uh, I, I talk about getting involved in the journey much earlier. They do it by providing information or resources before we ever, in some cases, know that we have the problem that their product or service can solve. Right. And you talk about people making their purchases online. Uh, you, you know, in the old days, the salesperson showed up and 
this might be the first time that the prospect was hearing about what they had to offer. But in many cases now, the salesperson is facing a prospect who's done all the research beforehand, and somehow you have to convince them that your product is the right one out of many perhaps that they've considered. So how has that changed the role of the salesperson uh, in that particular instance, a well-educated prospect, a very savvy prospect? How, do, how does the salesperson overcome that? Yeah, so my dad was a, a bag-carrying salesperson, went out on Monday, came back on Friday, and, sure. and he, a lot of times that's exactly what he did. So, you know, his name is Bob. So, Bob, you know, what's the new, what are the new products this year, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, right. Because they, they depended on him uh, for for that and, and the information about what they might buy, and, and you're absolutely right. Uh, today, if you're showing up at, at that point and that's your first contact is there to sell somebody, well, there's a really good chance that all they want to know is, is if they can get a lower price from you mm-hmm. uh, because they've researched that product. They've uh, narrow, created their short list. Uh, they, they've at least made the decision, right or wrong, about how your products and services fit into the challenges that they have. And so today's salesperson, and that's why I intentionally use the, the, the term you know, think like a marketer because marketers have, I think, uh, really grasped this idea of inbound marketing, of, of putting content, enough content out there that when that person starts that journey of, uh, that, that maybe starts with Google, that they're finding blog posts and they're finding uh, webinars and they're finding ebooks that uh, a marketer has created that uh, are not sales oriented, but, but that are solution or, or challenge or problem oriented. So when I go out there and say, well, how do I get more sales? You know, rather at, at that point, I may not be looking for a printer who can create mm-hmm. direct mail campaigns for me, uh, but I, but I want to know how to get more sales and that uh, print shop perhaps that is writing about the challenges of getting more sales or maybe linking more sales to ways to do uh, to, to get higher response uh, via direct mail. I mean, that's who I'm starting to say, hey, they seem to know what they're talking about. I hadn't really even considered that as a solution. Uh, and perhaps I may then want to reach out to that person that's providing that useful information and say, hey, tell me more. Or, or I might start, I may, it may even just start a dialogue on on LinkedIn or Twitter or somewhere, uh, asking uh, more and more questions about uh, the, the the benefits of using direct mail, um, and that's really when I when I talk about getting involved in the in the customer journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think salespeople have to start and instead of thinking that the customer's journey starts with will your will your product <laughs> solve my problem, it starts uh, much earlier than that, and and they have to actually start. And it's a real, um, you know, you use the word paradigm shift. I mean, it it is really counterintuitive to think that in order to sell today, you you first have to stop selling, (laughs) right? And and really educate and and prove that you are a useful resource uh, before I really am going to let you into my life. Absolutely. And all the things that you just talked about are not just about creating product awareness. It's about uh, creating confidence in the the product and in you as the person or the company that can deliver that product because it shows that you uh, your reputation is stellar it it shows that you know what you're talking about it shows that uh, depending on what you write or what you you have out there customers that are satisfied so it, it does all of those things in addition to bringing awareness to the product 
Yeah, and, and I write uh, extensively about that very idea in duct tape selling, that, that it's not just a matter of, okay, now you have to start producing content perhaps. I mean, you, uh, you really need to be seen as a valuable resource mm -hmm. um, as, as, as an expert even. And so, yes. I, you know, I talk about uh, not only writing, but, but speaking and uh, curating content and, and creating custom content specific to a, a prospect. Um, and, and we, you know, we have a, uh, I had a client that uh, we worked with a number of years ago that uh, their salespeople you know, we're very set in this this mindset of, you know, let's just cold call, let's knock on doors, let's tell them why our product's better. Um, and what we were able to do is get them to understand that um, this happened to be scheduling software. And I won't go into great detail, mm -hmm. but but we got them to understand that that what these uh, prospects of theirs cared about was you know, running their business more efficiently, making more profit and, and doing things that, uh, that really, uh, enhance their brand. And it just so happened that this particular piece of software w was able to do that because they were, they were able to, you know, after somebody used the software for a while, they were able to get a great handle the, the analytics that they were able to produce really showed them how to actually run their business better. And so when we got them to start thinking, hey, let's talk to the CEOs at the highest level about the things they really care about. And oh, by the way, we will work, we will end up showing them how that software mm -hmm. actually you know, does that for them. Uh, it changed the conversation and the context really of how they even saw these salespeople uh, dramatically because now they were not seeing as somebody who was coming there to sell them something that they may or may not need, they were actually seen as trusted advisors and partners and consultants in really helping them achieve uh, their overall objectives. And I think that um, that's always been true, um, that, that I think the salesperson that takes that point of view has always been more successful. Uh, but I think that it's even more apparent today when we, we were going out there and maybe basing our decision on who we're going to even have a conversation mm -hmm. with uh, based on what we find when we do search. Right. One of the things that you said earlier frustrates a lot of salespeople, a lot of business owners, and that is if they've done your research. A lot of times all they want to do when you are finally there face-to-face -face is talk about price, get a lower price. What in, in this day and age where they can compare, where customers can compare pricing, how do you, how do you, keep yourself from becoming a commodity when they've done all the research and yeah. that's really all they want to talk about. Yeah, there's a, 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 a survey that I cite uh, somewhat extensively in, in the book that was done by the conference executive board a few years ago. And there are really two sides of this. One of the, one of the kind of key conclusions was that uh, it was somewhere around 70% of the, the buyers, B2B buyers that they surveyed, said that they made a decision about uh, a company or a product or service uh, seventy percent of the time before they ever contacted that company, right? So that really, that really drives home that point of you've got to be found, you've mm -hmm. got to be seen as a credible expert. You're not even going to get invited to the dance. But what's interesting, um, and and this would seem sort of counterintuitive, right? We we're trying to lock salespeople out of our lives. We don't need them anymore in our lives. Uh, but but uh, the flip side of that survey was uh, about sixty percent of those same buyers also said that the customer experience, the sales experience, the buying experience uh, was uh, what led them to stay loyal to that company. And I think that um, on one hand, 
we don't want people, we don't want salespeople in particular in our lives that we see as people that are going to waste our time. Right. But we absolutely need them still uh, if, we're, if they're seen as somebody that's credible, that's useful, that, that, that adds value. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean just in what they sell, but just in how they, they advise us. And I think that, um, that, that their cost or, or the price of a product or service is always going to be a consideration. But when you are demonstrating as a salesperson that you can add value over and above uh, the, whatever the product or service does, that you are there to help them, in many cases, uh, find solutions to things that are maybe even unrelated to what you sell, mm -hmm. right. um, I, I think that, that you, you sort of cement that relationship uh, in a way that uh, price goes down the list. Absolutely. And everything that you've been talking about also just leads back to trust. The fact that yeah. you establish yourself as the expert, you establish yourself as the value add by, as you said, perhaps leading them to solutions they didn't even know that you could solve or other other resources uh, that they yeah, can also I mean, there, use. There, yeah. there are many times that I, I advise sales. I mean, one of the greatest things you can do in social media as a salesperson uh, one of the things that's 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 awesome about social media is that it not only just gives you access to people, but it gives you access to their entire network right. in some cases. So you can look on LinkedIn and you can understand all the stakeholders in a in a situation that maybe you need to connect to or you need to connect uh, people in your organization to. You can see who influences your buyer. You can see who they have conversations with all the time. You mm -hmm. can see who they actually might refer you to right. uh, or be able to introduce you to. Um, but I, I, I think one of the, the killer tactics for salespeople, if they want to show value, is that if you pay attention to your prospects and what they're doing in social media, in many cases, you can actually be a resource to connect them to other people in your network or into mm -hmm. in your CEO's network sure. that, uh, that might be able to help them in ways that are unrelated to your business. And so the, some of those types of things are how you really stand out and, and I think show value today um, as a salesperson. Now, it, it obviously takes extra work, but I think that, that uh, um, the salespeople that have always had that mindset of connecting have always uh, thrived, and, and now we've got this rich set of tools that make it uh, so much easier and so much more powerful to do. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk with John about the next stages of this new sales funnel. You're listening to Smart Talk Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. It's the smartest party of the year. Thinking Bigger Business Media will turn a spotlight on some of the city's most innovative and forward-thinking entrepreneurs with its annual Smart Companies to Watch publication and party, Thursday, December 5th from 5.30 till 7.30 p.m. at the downtown Marriott Mealbach Hotel. Hors d'oeuvres, including a carving station and drinks, will be served. That's Thinking Bigger Business Media's annual Smart Companies to Watch party, December 5th at the Mealbach. Register at ithinkbigger.com today. Your product outshines the competition, so why aren't you out selling them? You're meeting sales projections, but the bottom line just isn't what it should be. Technology is changing rapidly and impacting your ability to perform. Something needs to change, but you just can't put your finger on what. I'm Patrick Shore, your host at The Hut, where we tackle these and other issues. The Hut is a safe place where we can explore what it takes to not only stay in front of the competition, but make it irrelevant. So come on in, kick off your shoes, and join the conversation every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio Network. The Hut, your path to a stronger, thriving, profitable business. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here today with best-selling 
business writer John Jantz. We're talking about his duct tape selling book. And as I said when I introduced him in the first half of the show, his subtitle, Think Like a Marketer, Sell Like a Superstar, is a real paradigm shift because it gets the, the salesperson involved in the marketing side. And that has changed the traditional sales funnel, too. John, you've talked about the first part of it. You've talked about the research, the or discover, the explore, the collaborate. But once you make the sale, it's not over. You've set, you, you alluded to that earlier, but talk in more depth about that. Well, I think that uh, so many organizations set up kind of that silo that uh, the marketing puts out the message and then uh, produces content. And once a lead scores high enough, they throw it over the salesperson whose mm-hmm. job is to close the deal. And once that salesperson closes the deal, they throw it to the service team or the delivery or whoever actually does the engagement. And, and the salesperson is supposed to go on now and, and start banging on some more doors. And I think that, that more than anything, that the, the way that buying has changed is it's no longer that linear path. It, uh, uh, the, the buying experience is in many, many elements of the buying experience are out of our control or that happen without our knowledge. And so we have to really think, I think organizations have to think in terms of, of this being a journey that they guide. They don't you know, create demand, they, they, they organize behavior. And mm-hmm. so for, for me... Uh, the salesperson that that really thrives is the one that that says I'm. Once that customer says yes and signs on the dotted line, I'm going to become their advocate for having uh, for for not only getting what uh, we promised or what they expect, but for making sure that they have an incredible experience. And the, f- frankly, you know that's how you get repeat sales. Obviously, I think salespeople that have taken that approach, even if their organization hasn't rewarded them for it, those salespeople are the ones that get referrals uh, because right. they they realize that instead of moving on and saying you know good luck, that that if a, a, a customer has a challenge, that if they're checking in, uh, staying involved, then then they can may hopefully make that challenge go away, or they can uh, make sure that uh, that that there wasn't a miscommunication, mm-hmm. or clear up a miscommunication, and I think that that only good things can happen from from that. Um, if they are constantly monitoring, did you get the the, the value that that you expected? Uh, they're either going to find a problem that they can fix, which is typically a very positive thing, or they are going to help the client understand better the value they're actually receiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of uh, a lot of customers I've worked with over the years. Even if I'm doing amazing work for them, they they sort of start to forget about how much value they're right. getting. You start um, to take and, it for granted, actually. That's right. Even and, great and then experiences that comes every month. Mm-hmm. It's like, what am I getting for this? And so, actually, taking the posture. That, that you want to make sure that the customer understands the value that they're receiving, uh, I, I think in many cases uh, makes it easier for them to, cons- for when it comes time to consider, do I want to buy this again? Um, but, but also, I, I think there's a real psychological boost for the salesperson that, uh, that really gets, and obviously they, they have to be delivering a lot of value, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but the salesperson that, that understands, hey, for every Ten dollars this client spends, they're getting a thousand dollars of value. Uh, all of a sudden, those conversations, which uh, about money, which typically are some of the hardest ones salespeople have, 
go away when they have when they have that firm understanding uh, of how much value their product or service uh, really brings. Uh, then they, they really have they, they they have such so much more confidence and posture about saying this is why we charge a premium. Right. Uh, and I think that 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 not only helps salesperson that and, and in many cases, admittedly. We're talking about salespeople, but in many cases, we're talking about the entrepreneur. We're talking about people mm-hmm. who, who don't necessarily see their job as sales, but that's actually what they do because, because everybody does it uh, at, at some level. Um, but I, I think those are some of the real benefits of staying involved after the fact, uh, but also from a very practical standpoint. If you're there at that moment of truth, checking in, saying, did you get it? You know, I'm going to go to bat for you. I'm going to advocate for you. Well, you're probably going to get some referrals uh, based on that type of activity. Right. You've talked about a lot of different things today as as we've gone through uh, the highlights of the sales funnel. But there are some tools that you mention in your book, and you go into great detail about it. Actually, it's, it's some of my favorite parts of the book, and we can't cover that all today. But if you had to pick three or four tools to talk to our audience about today that could really change uh, the way they sell, what would they be? Well, I think that, uh, uh, I, as you mentioned, there are many, many tools, so coming down with three is tough. And so uh, I'll, I'll give some people listening, uh, if you head over to ducttapeselling.com, we actually list out the tools chapter by chapter and give you links for every one of them mm-hmm. so you can click to your heart's uh, desire because we uh, are content because we have uh, over 200 there. Uh, but I, I think that the category of tools that I want to focus on are, are those for listening. A lot of times uh, people, when I talk about to uh, tell salespeople to get into to social media, they immediately think, oh, what am I going to say on Twitter? Right. Uh, and, and the first thing I would say is, is just start listening. Um, so use tools like uh, TalkWalker alerts or another tool called mention that allow you to set up these uh, alerts so you can say anytime these three customers are mentioned anytime my competitors are mentioned anytime maybe key journalists are mentioned that i'm going to get an email alert sent right to my inbox so that i can uh, perhaps uh, decide to uh, to take action or to engage in some uh, fashion that, uh, that that will be positive so you know that's that to me is is step number one uh, certainly creating Twitter lists of all of your mm-hmm. clients is a great uh, um, or prospects is a great uh, way to go. And you can use a tool like Hootsuite uh, to just build you know, columns of, of you know, journalists, maybe columns of competitors, columns of prospects, columns of customers um, so that you can just easily scan and see if there are any things that, that need your attention or for you to take action on. Um, and then the last tool I'll mention is uh, one of my favorites. It's called BuzzSumo. Uh, so it's B-U-Z-Z and then Sumo, S-U-M-O. And what this tool does is allows you to put in any topic Actually, you can put in any URL and it will turn around and show you the most shared content in that topic or that theme or that or on that site. Um, and so, um, you know, sharing is not uh, the, the, the only indicator of good content, but it's certainly one that shows you maybe what, what gets, people atten- gets people's attention. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times uh, when I'm talking to business owners and entrepreneurs and even salespeople today about writing content and they, they don't have any idea what to write, well, take one of your key themes there and, and you'll get a whole list of 10 or 12 really popular blog posts that people shared uh, immensely and and it might give you some really good ideas about what you could write about. Right. And I, I think when you were talking about Hootsuite in particular, uh, but really all of those tools, 
the listening is so important. As you say, people immediately think, oh, what am I going to tweet or what am I going to post on Facebook or write on LinkedIn? And really, you can get such a competitive advantage if you just, well, I guess some people call it stalking or lurking, but really it's listening. It, it just, you just watch what's going on out there. And, and I, just as in a face-to-face conversation, so many people don't listen. They're just thinking about the next thing they're going to say. A lot of times when it comes to social media, it's the same thing. What am I going to write as opposed to looking at what's already being posted and what you can gain from that information? So true. Yeah. John, if somebody would like to get a copy of your book, where would they go to get it? Well, they can certainly buy it uh, anywhere that books are sold. Uh, there is uh, uh, all the online uh, retailers as well as uh, your uh, independent stores here. I know you and I share uh, a love for Rainy Day Books Yes. Um, here in the Kansas City area. Um, I love to support independent bookstores, but certainly you can buy it anywhere. And there is uh, all the digital formats as well as uh, the audiobook format are available as well. Right. And Vivian and, and Roger do do a great job over there at Rainy Day Books. Uh, but if you prefer to get them online, there's plenty of places to do that. And John, if people would like to find out more about what you do, how would they do that? Well, the easiest place uh, for jumping in place for pretty much anything I do is duct tape marketing. That's D-U-C-T-T-A-P-E marketing.com. And we have uh, a free newsletter and uh, hundreds, well, no, thousands of blog posts and uh, a couple ebooks there. Uh, we also have a podcast. So there's lots of things for you to consume uh, for free. Yes. And for all of those of you who are listening and you're thinking about whether or not to go out and visit John's site, go out and do one thing in particular. Go out and sign up for his newsletter so that you can get his fines. Would you still put those out on Friday or is it Saturday? I, I, it's actually Saturday blog post, but we do republish them in, in, in our newsletter. I call them my weekend faves. Yes, uh, he's been doing that for years. It's some of my favorite reading. I'm always finding a tool or two. If you Like you said, he just tapped the surface today with the tools that he mentioned, but he always has three or four that he's found during the week, and uh, they're, they're usually little gems, so make sure you sign up for that. John, thank you so much. We appreciate the time. I know that you uh, get called to do these a lot, and so thank you for making time for us today. Well, my pleasure. Absolutely. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>